BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. G'day, there you are with Kev Poulton, about to head on the journey. A sweet journey this time around, and that pun will make complete sense when I mention it's Jodie Goldsworthy, the owner and founder of Beechworth Honey. My family arrived here really as part of the gold rush, and my great-grandfather was a gold miner. Didn't find any gold and turned his passion to liquid gold instead of uh, solid gold. In terms of honey, I'm guessing. That's right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your passion with honey because multiple generation um, sort of interest and trade, isn't it? It is, yeah, it really does help to have uh, grown up amongst the bees as, as I did as a small child. I think, you know, always was fascinated by, by bees and the work that they, they do. And, you know, probably it's built a really deep understanding of the crucial role that, that bees play. So. You know, bees, everybody thinks of honey when they think of bees, but actually honey is just, you know, insignificant, really, compared to the role that they play in pollinating two-thirds of, of Australia's agricultural production. Yeah, so it's, it's the sweet by-product of their actual important role. It's absolutely the sweet by-product. And, and I guess, you know, over the years our business has become as much about making sure that we have a, a healthy and viable um, bee and beekeeping uh, population and industry as it is uh, as it is about honey because you know sadly we, we could do without honey even though it wouldn't be that fabulous um, but we certainly couldn't do without bees and you know recognizing that and sort of I guess deeply understanding some of the issues that uh, affect the industry sort of sends you off on a bit of a tangent that is not always about putting honey in jars. <laughs> yeah, you, you touched on there about the, the impact on the industry. I suppose your industry has only come into the news in the last year or so where they're talking about the authenticity of different honey manufacturers. It was still something I think I read over the weekend where one of the particular Australian companies was um, having to prove um, that, it's, that it is actual honey. What has that sort of done to your industry? But I guess with the message of how important bees are, is that diluted or made it, made it clearer to people that they're important? Look, never before has there been the level of public interest in bees. I mean, it's a fantastic kind of time. We've, we've spent, you know, the last 15 to 20 years trying to showcase to people just how important bees are. And certainly our, you know, sites in Beechworth um, play a, a really a really large role in that and I think um, the public are becoming more attuned to the many issues that affect bees and uh, and beekeeping and the viability of beekeeping and you know one of those happens to be the low priced um, honey that keeps getting churned out from places like China that is called honey but may or may not be and um, and so you know that's a that's an issue that basically underpins it. It creates a market situation where the market is essentially dysfunctional because um, so the normal supply and demand doesn't work when you've got you know a product that's um, that's that's actually not honey, um, you know, filling a huge um, volume across the world market. Um, so that and and then you know the whole um, topic of of climate crisis and that uh, you know complex but in some ways simple <laughs> issue of and, and its impact on, on bees and you know our environment around as well. So it's 
certainly lots of things to keep us awake at night. Well, yeah, because I know even recently um, a particular pesticide that was quite popular, it's only recently been withdrawn from the market in Australia, I can't recall the brand of it, but it was banned from other countries in the world a long time ago. And we really need to be careful with products and things that we use because they are quite a fragile insect, aren't they? They are. You know, I think um, certainly, you know, there's reports that are coming out that, you know, it's not only bees, but it's our insect population in general that's, you know, being impacted by the, the choices that we make, um, you know, both as individuals and, you know, within agriculture, etc. So it's absolutely, you know, I think we've got this challenge of, you know, how do we feed a growing world population? And certainly bees are absolutely crucial to that, underpinning the, the agricultural, horticultural um, crops that they do. Um, but, you know, how do we do that in a way that is sensitive to um, things like our pollinators, um, bees of which are only one. So you clearly eat, live and breathe uh, bees now, uh, multiple generations through the family. Did you ever consider bucking the trend? Did you ever oh, think yeah. I should go do something different? Well, I did, I did. Yeah, what, what yeah, did you absolutely. do? I went away um, and, and studied to, uh, to be a teacher, so I did a Bachelor of Applied Science and, um, and taught for a little while and um, no, there wasn't really a plan to be part of uh, Bees and Honey, not, not at all, and, and um, Stephen and I were you know, newly married and he literally woke up one morning and said, I, I want to be a beekeeper. He'd fallen in love with, with the bees that you know, I'd been surrounded with and so essentially that's, you know, we just started off with a pretty simple dream of you know being beekeepers and um, sometimes I wake up and think oh my goodness how did we get to where we are <laughs> because yeah. that wasn't really the plan but I, I think what it does do is it sort of just shows that if you keep doing things for all the right reasons the, the everything else kind of follows in business so you know we started off just wanting to create a market for our own um, product that we produced ourselves because we were a bit frustrated about the options and where, where you could sell your honey and so I guess took control of that and then grew and built from there um, from the perspective of, you know, we feel that we make a positive difference to other beekeeping families because of the way we've approached that. Pretty simple philosophy, we just treat people like we'd like to be treated ourselves and um, I think that has, you know, both from a customer perspective and a beekeeper perspective has just created a business or a model that, you know, if you take care of those things, the rest takes care of itself, essentially. All the honey and all the product that you have now, I'm guessing from what you just said, you've obviously got multiple beekeepers that work to supply. Um, I remember it's a few years ago now, it be six or seven years ago, you know, Beechworth Honey, bang on prime television, um, right there in front of a, a world of MasterChef followers. Yep. Your yep. product was there. Yep. Have you grown further from that point? Has that yeah, been just absolutely. one sort of step in that sort of... In that journey, yeah. yeah. Look, our brand is now, um, you know, the, the uh, I guess, the most trusted <laughs> honey brand in the, in the market. Um, we are the largest independently owned honey company in, in the country. And, you know, we don't take that for granted for a minute. Really, that really only matters and means something if we are you know, making a positive difference to the beekeepers that we deal with and delivering a product that customers value, essentially. So it's never been about getting to a particular size. It's always been about trying to um, do something that, you know, was of benefit to, to everybody, essentially, that we were dealing with, um, you know, consumers and customers, beekeepers, and, and obviously if we get all those things right and it's still good for us, then we're on hopefully a, you know, 
a winning formula and essentially that's that's been I don't know you know in business that gets a bit complex but you can keep it pretty simple just sounds like good, good morals good, like a good moral compass good, exactly exactly good yeah yeah reward, good, people ethical, reward you back they do yeah one of my daughters loves honey like all through preschool in the primary school honey sandwiches like we wonder when it's going to stop <laughs> And in terms of um, your production, is it done locally here in Beechworth? Or? So, no, the, the um, production facility is based at Corowa, so not too far away. Our bees work within usually a 600 kilometre radius of Beechworth, and you know, Beechworth is home base for both us and, um, and our store. Um, we have another store in Melbourne as well, and um, the product is sold across Australia and, uh, and internationally. Yeah, exported. So where did that first call come? What, was that an interesting um, moment when someone says, hey, we want to take your honey overseas to an external market, or did you force that and push that yourself? Um, look, it was something early on, so, you know, probably 22 years ago was something that, uh, you know, at the time the, you know, government people were sort of saying, you know, if you're building a company, you need to look at the export market. And, I would say, you know, competing at the national level is, is like competing at the nationals. But once you step outside of Australia, it's really like competing at the Olympics yeah. because there are so many other, you know, brands and, and so many more complexities. Um, so, you know, we do a small amount of export, but essentially our main business is, um, is the Australian domestic market and trying to bring, um, you know, products to Australian consumers. So you've, other than going away to study, you've, you've grown up in Beechworth and born and bred here. How do you think the town would describe you, Jodie? If, you, if I walked down the street now and said, well, what's Jodie like? How do you think they'd describe you? Oh, look, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think um, most people would say that, you know, we, um, I don't think we're any different than when we first started the business. I think, um, you know, we try to do what we can to help the local community with, you know, events and festivals and sponsorship and, and, and those sorts of things. And uh, I think, you know, you'll find me at the end of the Golden Horseshoes Festival uh, picking up the rubbish on the street. Um, that's one of the, you know, so we, we're, I think most people would describe us as pretty hands-on, um, pretty grounded, and, um, you know, that's what's important to us. We, you know, I think it's, it's easy sometimes... Um, that word success is a funny word, isn't it? You know, and um, I've always sort of said, you know, success really is about your reputation and um, and what you do to kind of try and I don't know have a positive influence on your community and and the people around you. And and to us, that's what's more important than you know whatever you work for. You really can't take it with you, can you? So ultimately, it's um, it's more about you know I, we get a huge amount of, of enjoyment from being involved with things locally, but also being involved with um, trying to sort of address some of the challenges for our industry as well. Would it be fair to say that beekeeping was a hobby before it became the, the business? It was that, was a sort no, of... No, 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 it's never been a hobby for us. Uh, no, no, um, you know, Stephen left his job as a wool buyer and, uh, you know, became a uh, commercial beekeeper and um, I was teaching part-time at the, you know, during that time, but essentially, no, we were always very clear that, um, you know, this was going to be our, our career, that, that and, you know, agriculture in more broadly. So I guess where it's... But obviously it's you love what you're doing and that's why you keep doing it. 
we do love what we do, you know. Um, you know, Stephen is most happiest um, when he's out with the bees, you know. Um, he always says to people, look at my office, look at look at where I get to be every day and you know, he, he loves that and his job essentially is to talk to all our other beekeepers around Australia and he spends a lot of time, you know, visiting them and um, you know, calling in and picking up their honey and you'll find him once again pretty grounded but you know, driving the truck to pick the uh, to, to pick their honey up and delivering our honey to supermarkets and that sort of thing. So we often have a bit of a chuckle that, you know, probably the people at the DC at Coles and Woolies don't realise the guy in the truck actually owns the company, you know. <laughs> I feel like undercover boss at sort of. TV. <laughs> <Sort> of. <laughs> I hope they have nice things to say about him. Like, that silly truck driver, he's here late. So. No, well, sometimes <laughs> he's here safely and that's the main thing. That is so true. <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? We are... Pretty simple people, we really just love our local surrounding nature. So walking, gardening, um, you know, working on our on our farm, fixing fences and, and doing those sorts of things. So yeah, just camping, um, all, all of those sorts of things are, are, are where we um, you know, derive our enjoyment. Can't think of a better way to start the day than, you know, a, be a beautiful walk in in this beautiful region, really. Beechworth is successful for lots of different businesses and has been for a long time, for decades. Yeah. What is it that makes Beechworth work? Um, smaller population, but what's the appeal to a consumer, maybe? Or yeah. how, how does everything out of Beechworth seem to just do well? I'm often asked this question, and I actually think that um, if you think about the history of Beechworth, um, it was a town that was based on you either being mad or bad. Um, you know, with the jail and the um, psychiatric institution. But what that did was it brought learned people. It brought people through the town. Uh, and so, you know, certainly growing up in the town, there were always people who were coming into the town and there was this um, circulation of knowledge and circulation of insights and circulation of perspectives. And I actually think that that is part of our DNA, that um, uh, diversity. Um, that, that fostered, uh, I think, inclusiveness. Uh, it fostered inquiring minds. And I think they're some of the things that actually underpin, um, you know, the ability of people like us to actually feel pretty comfortable to, um, you know, to try things, to feel supported, to feel encouraged, um, to feel inspired. Um, so I think that's, that's, for me, probably the what forms the DNA of the community of Beechworth. And then complement that with, you know, the beautiful um, architecture, uh, the beautiful nature, um, geography, and really I think, you know, that's a pretty special thing. We've travelled all around the world and, you know, ultimately every time you come home, you come home and say, wow, there is no better place than, you know, northeast Victoria. And, and Beechworth, you know, we wouldn't swap it for anywhere. And that's, um, that's a pretty big call. And I think the more people travel, the more people realise that. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, it's sort of been a common theme on this journey series as I speak to all these different people that all have different stories to tell. A lot of them have done a lot of travel. Yeah. And they're still proud to, whether it be Beechworth or whether it be somewhere north Coyong of the border. Or, yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Really proud of the area. And I think it's, you're right, it's um, the diverse culture probably yep. is, is part of it, but also, yeah, the landscape. Are you a philosophical thinker? Do you do you have a favourite quote or do you read? Oh yeah, heaps. Yeah. <laughs> Every quote a day, just about. Yeah, yeah. okay. What are some of your favourites? I think it's funny, you know, it, it, probably in business often there's times where you, you really get, you know, 
snowed under and bogged down by whatever the challenge or the issue is of the day. And so I've, I've over the years, you know, those sort of little inspirational quotes and books have for me been something that's really been helpful in kind of being able to see a way forward, see a see a an opportunity to find a solution to something that's challenging. So you know, one of my favourite ones is, you know, the only way to discover the possible is to go beyond it into the impossible. And it, that feels like it, that encapsulates for us within Beechworth Honey, you know, the, the journey that we've been on. I would say to our team, you know, we have to perform in an environment where, you know, ultimately we don't have the resources of a multinational and yet Coles and Woolies, you know, don't give us any credit for that. You know, we have to deliver, we have to uh, perform just the same as, as businesses that have thousands of well, people. That's their requirement, in their, isn't it? That's, that's their requirement. That's yeah. their requirement. So, yeah, so lots of, lots of little quotes. I do like that one, though. That's, that's one that hasn't yeah. come up yet. Well, actually, I think everybody gives a, a fresh quote each time we sit down, but I, I do like the, um, the philosophy behind that one. Do you have any, any regretful person? Do you have any regrets in life? Or do you have any questions where you think, what about turn left instead of right? No, or? no, no. You know what? Stephen and I are always really clear. We don't want to die not knowing. So we're actually pretty brave in being prepared to kind of try new things, give things a bit of a crack. Um, because we figure, you know, if we don't do that, you don't want to turn back and say, oh, we should have done that or I wish we had had the courage to do that. You know, obviously you can't just be blasé about that. You have to make sure that you know what it is that you that you want to do. But, you know, not everything works. Not everything is the way you think it will be, but far better off to have tried and, you know, then recalibrated or recalculated than to have sort of sit there, sat there and... and you know, become bored or stale or, or whatever. So, no, for us, it's absolutely not about regrets. You know, you make a decision, you go hard, and then you um, reassess and, and recalibrate and, you know, learn from all of those all of those things. You've obviously managed to find yourself a partner in life that is perhaps wired similarly to you yeah. to, to understand and get it. That's one of the other things that I think has been a huge advantage to us and our business. I mean, Stephen and I, in many ways, are... Uh, complete opposites and, and have vastly different views about different things um, but what we do have is this common shared goal and shared vision and this ability to complement each other and um, you know that's that's just been an absolute joy to um, to do that you know with your the, the greatest love of your life and and your and your soulmate and um, you know I know that a lot of people find it challenging kind of working with their partner but for us it's been you know, it has its moments, you know, you can tend to find it hard to sort of switch off. You can all of a sudden get back into business at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Sunday night when really you should be switched off. No, for us it's it's been great and it's really been about that shared vision and, and shared view and the ability to kind of robustly thrash stuff out and see each other's perspectives and I think it comes back to that diversity again, complement uh, each other and Usually, you know, the decision that we make jointly is a far better decision than if I had have made it by myself or Stephen had have made it by himself. And then add to that, uh, you know, this amazing team that we've been able to build around ourselves with skills and knowledge that is, you know, way beyond ours in other areas. And, and that's, you know, once again, a, I guess, something that helps to build that success. You mentioned making decisions. Been some tough ones over the years. Any that stick out as, as a... Well, I think, um, yeah... 
tough from which perspective is is really the question. I mean, we've had two occasions where you know we where the business was not large enough to have been able to source enough Australian honey. Droughts um, impacted you know supply, um, and so you know we went to supermarkets and said we want to voluntarily delete some of our lines off the off the shelf, in order not to import low priced um, honey that we were. Uh, concerned would have quality issues or authenticity issues. So, you know, they were, they were pretty tough kind of periods because what that involves is making people redundant. Uh, it involves, you know, um, winding back a business um, in, in a way that, um, you know, it, most businesses don't do that. Most businesses and, and certainly all our competitors, you know, chose to kind of turn a blind eye to the risks and, um, and keep the financial aspect, um, you know, in the right direction. Um, so, you know, they they at the time were um, we never we never we always believed they were absolutely the right decision. Um, but by making the right decision, that sometimes creates things that you have to deal with, and you have to then deal with them in the in the best way, you know, the best way possible. So, you know, what probably at the time seemed like, oh my goodness, how are we going to manage this? Probably has turned out to be one of the best decisions that we could have ever made. Sometimes you just don't see that at the time. You know, you kind of got to back your gut feeling and back what you know is right. But, um, uh, you know, it, it was probably pretty unconventional. We had the supermarket say to us, wow, you know, you guys are crazy, you, you know, everyone just imports product if they don't have enough, you know, are you some crazy, you know, patriotic Australians that think you're going to change the world, you know, well, um, we have essentially through the decisions that we've made, you know, made it a whole lot better for our beekeepers and, um, you know, the things we feared did actually come true and, um, you know, I think out of that people went, wow, you know, actually... They know what they're on about. <laughs> well, you'd hope that everybody was a bit of a crazy <laughs> support Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough of that, do we? No, we don't. No. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you, Jody? Crikey, you know, um, the best thing that ever happens to you is, I guess, you know, having the privilege of being a mum and, um, you know, having a wonderful family to be around and and support you and you know be a part of. I mean, essentially, you know, what what trumps that really? I mean. Um, you know, I think it's about keeping everything in perspective, isn't it? You know, um, from a business perspective, I think the thing that we're most uh, proudest of is really that ability to, um, you know, have beekeepers pretty happy with where they've, uh, you know, selling their honey and pretty happy with the, the role that we're playing, I guess, as a leader within the industry and, and you know, feel like they're a part of, uh, a part of that, essentially. You mentioned kids. Um, are, they, are they interested in bees? Have they started to tap into your knowledge? Have they listened to everything you've told them over the years? Um, well, we've certainly always tried to make sure that they, um, you know, were uh, had the opportunity of education. I think that's the best thing that any parent can, can give their, their children is, um, you know, a value of education and, and an expectation that, you know, life is about lifelong learning. I say to them, and you could ask them, they roll their eyes and shake their head. I've said to them since they were five, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're garbage collectors, but what I want you to do is if you are garbage collectors, I want you to love it, and I want you to be really good garbage collectors. And that means no disrespect to any any job. Ultimately, you know, I think all of us, if we use those principles in life, um, the world would be a better place for it. So 
despite me, you know, coaching them to do all sorts of things and making sure that they saw there were many options in addition to um, bees and beekeeping and, and the world of honey, um, you know, as we sit today, uh, our oldest son is, uh, is a beekeeper and uh, our daughter is in the States, um, you know, doing a university placement with uh, bee researchers. Uh, and our youngest is still finishing finishing school, but who knows? I mean, ultimately, the biggest thing is, you know, you want um, to rear kids that contribute to their community and that love doing what they're doing. So it's up to them. Well, it sounds like your, your business, your personal moral compass seems to be the right direction, so I'm sure they'll all be successful and, as you said, whatever they choose to do. Um, did you always plan to be... Where you are now? I mean, you mentioned that you, you went to become a teacher. What did you want to be as a kid when, you know? Well, look, I didn't, like most kids, didn't really know. I mean, always knew that I, I loved um, farming and agriculture and, um, and all of those sorts of things. So, um, you know, that, no, I don't think you do. And I mean, I think, you know, who knows what will be tomorrow and who, who knows what will be in 10 years' time. I mean, ultimately, you, um, you know, I think you've got to do what, what makes you happy. Um, and what you know ticks the boxes for you and for us that's about you know trying to make a, a positive difference. Is there anything that you can share with us that uh, people might not know maybe a, a goal or what's what's next for you you know is there something you're edging towards? Not so much I mean I think probably the uh, a lot of people w wouldn't really realize that the extensive amount of time that we sort of spend um, in in trying to sort of I guess reposition um, not only the Australian beekeeping industry but the global beekeeping industry to be a more sustainable long-term industry. Um, uh, just absolutely, you know, probably became aware back, you know, in the, in around two thousand and nine to two thousand and eleven that we actually really understood that link between bees and food security, um, like possibly. You know, we, our perspectives were so unique and different from from probably many, if not every other Australian, and um, and that brought with it, I guess, a bit of an obligation to sort of do what we could. And so, you know, being involved and had the privilege to be involved in in you know a lot of boards, and are now sitting on the um, on the International Federation of Beekeeping Associations, APAMONDIA. Uh, the board of that, and that's you know an incredible privilege to be actually tackling the issues that affect uh, you know the long-term viability of bees and beekeeping, and the link to that with food security, and and you know being uh, amongst I guess the the global um, leaders and thinkers in in that topic, and um, so that's something that you know is hugely. Um, uh, motivating to um, you know to keep up that work and um, and I think you know my job will never be done even if you know there's uh, my job is no longer putting the honey in the, in a jar like it might have been 20 years ago um, there are other people that um, you know that can play different roles which has enabled uh, us to sort of you know play more of that leadership kind of role. Do you think the message is being heard by governments around the world like at that global level? No, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I'm, I, if you ask my husband, I'm never happy with, uh, <laughs> with the status quo. So, um, you know, that's a good thing. I, I think um, it's a good thing that I'm never happy because what it means is you keep, you keep pushing. Um, you know, I, look, I think policymakers all around the world don't have um, really uh, enough of a clue as to how important bees are. 
Um, and testimony to that is the fact that, you know, in Australia we don't even have an apiculture policy. And you might say, well, why do you need an apiculture policy? I think, um, you know, the strategic importance of this industry is, is so great that, you know, I'd like to think that we had some sort of policy direction and idea for the, the industry that underpins two-thirds of our food production in this country, and we don't. There's no protection there, is there? There's not, there's not enough thinking about it, is there? Mm. Bit of fun. Who would play you in a movie about your life, do you think? Who would you like to oh, see in lead role? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'd actually have to ask my husband about this because I'm not a big movie watcher, I'm not a big television watcher, and I usually can watch a movie and go, who is that ac actor or actress? So, oh, look, you know, I don't know. <laughs> No, I really, I couldn't even begin to sort of think of someone, you know, comical or stupid, probably. <laughs> what about the soundtrack of that movie? Is there particular songs that motivate you or, or artists that you, you probably similar, you probably don't? Probably similar, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Your focus is the beat. The focus tends to be, yeah, that or kind of clearing your mind out in, out in the environment. And you sort of mentioned earlier in the interview, you know, no matter where you travel in the world, you're proud to call Beechworth home, but if, if you could be anywhere, you know, maybe maybe globally everyone's thought policies are in place around bees and the importance. Um, if that was your point of retirement, let's say, and you, you know the message has been heard, where do you go? What do you do? Who have you got with you? Look, it's absolutely this area. You know, we, um, I think it's, it's lovely to think that, you know, essentially we live absolutely where we want to live. Um, and, and we do the things that we want to do and, you know, essentially just surrounded by, you know, close friends and family and um, doing pretty simple, uh, simple things. So, yeah, Beechworth's home for me. That's never going to change. Thanks for listening to The Journey. At BMG Partners, they enable people to achieve their dreams. And if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track, they'd love to hear from you. Head to bmgpartners.com.au. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.